Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Brandy Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, my friend, my brother from another mother, Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Hey, thanks, Jimmy, for that uh, super kind introduction. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Before we get started today, because we've got an incredible show, an incredible guest, and I'm super excited. I had a great weekend. It was July 4th, though it rained most of the weekend uh, for me here in New York. I did manage to get a beautiful day yesterday at the beach. And that reminds me about the branded marketplace. Jimmy, the branded marketplace is an e-commerce platform that every operator should be going to because it has the best in-class solutions. It's totally free, by the way. Jimmy, did I mention the cost? I, I can't believe it. I, I, how It's free. How do you make money on this? Volume. 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 We make it up in volume. <laughs> it's totally free to the operator. You go check it out. It has, I mean, it's close to 200 of the best in-class tech solutions right now, solving the most pressing issues and problems for hotel operators, restaurant operators, stadium operators. Anybody who's touching food and beverage, you got to be going out of the marketplace. And Jimmy, let me tell you this. If you want to sell on the marketplace, because you can, Jimmy, anybody that's got a great product that we think is great could be on the marketplace. All you got to do is go to marketplace at brandstrategic.com. You email us, And we will vet you and get you onboarded. And so you can start selling your products and really help solve some of the pressing issues that are facing a hospitality today, Jimmy. So uh, that is my story. It just reminded me of the July 4th Independence Day and how beautiful it was yesterday. And I just was sitting on the beach thinking marketplace, marketplace. That, that that shameless self-promotion was brought to you by uh, uh, Michael Schatzberg's sons. I thought it was Chico's bail bonds. <laughs> Chico, no Chico's. My Chico's, we're going with Chico's bail bonds. All right. I can't top that. I can't add to that. And gosh knows our guest doesn't want us to. Let us jump into today's podcast. Uh, we've been fortunate to have many good friends, many great guests, and we feel very lucky that people uh, want to come on the hangout with us. Today's an exception. No, today is no exception. And in fact, I actually think today is a very special day for Brandon. Uh, and the podcast we get to introduce and have join us today, Mr. Josh Goodman, our friend, our partner, the CEO and founder of Innovative Tap Solutions, does business as Pour My Beer. More to talk about that in a little bit. And we will let Josh take the lead uh, and give a little introduction, a little, a little background on himself, and of course, on his fantastic company, Pour My Beer. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, I would like to know, should I do the Jimmy introduction or the Shatsy introduction? Because... I mean, how long is this podcast? Well, we try uh, to keep depends. it around. We try to keep it around forty minutes or so, maybe even thirty minutes. So, uh, th- with, with you with and Jimmy, three, it could be four hours. Yeah, with the three of us on the line and, and Chessie, you know, gearing up to do another uh, self promotion of the marketplace, we could be on for an hour and forty minutes. Who knows? All right, let's let's go with Joe Rogan style then. Right. Um, so, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, just to give you a little background about myself and my company. I was like many of you listening. I was at a bar at one point in my life, and uh, I couldn't get a drink. It took Wait, me about at one, at one point in your life you were at a bar. Just at one uh, you know, I uh, find that hard to believe. Yeah. So I digress. So I was uh, I was at a bar with some friends. We were about to go to an Orioles game. I lived in Baltimore, Maryland at the time, and we just wanted to get a drink. 
we got to the bar, we couldn't get a drink. And I was like, this is awful. Like we came here to spend money. We want to give this bar owner our money, but it took 20 or 30 minutes to get a drink. And at that point in my life, I realized uh, I didn't like the IT staffing world that I was living in. I was in business development and I wanted to find another passion or business to, to jump into. Had no experience in hospitality, but being someone who frequented bars and restaurants, I, uh, I saw a problem. That's kind of where the journey started. I, I said, if I could take this seven step, 20 minute process and condense it down to one step in less than 60 seconds, then I'm going to be a multi-billionaire within a few years, which... That was over 11 years ago, so I'm not a multi-billionaire, and um, we're still growing, but you know, that, that's, that's where it all started. You're on your way. That's the key, Josh. You're on your way. <laughs> I'm pacing myself, Sergeant. I'm pacing myself. Yeah, you don't want to go too fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, you have to be a little, uh, I guess, a little ignorant in the early days to uh, make the sacrifices you do, but yeah, I mean, it, that was where it all started, and, and it's funny how it evolved. It, it kind of evolved from putting beer taps on the table and just being t- totally just beer to then as we matured and got older and I got to meet Michael and Jimmy in New York City. Uh, uh, who's Michael? Shatsy, sorry. Oh, Shatsy. Uh, oh. Shatsy Shatsburg. So uh, I got to, it's funny because when you meet certain people, you, you at least I do, I'm like, I got to remember this first meeting because I'm going to know this guy for a long time. So I, I remember our first meeting like it was yesterday, uh, but I, yeah, that's, a, that's a whole other story. Yes, Anyways, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. Oh, we're going to get it. We're going to get into that, too. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, just to kind of take you uh, through the, the fast paced evolution, you know, from 2010 to basically 2013, just we kind of resold other companies technologies. And then towards the end of 2014, I realized if I'm going to build a company that can scale, I have to own the technology. I have to build it from the ground up. So one of my you know, prerequisites for my uh, partners in Austria was it had to be so simple that my six-year-old son could install it and support it. And with that kind of being the underlying theme of the construction of the system, uh, in 2015, we launched our own proprietary self-port technology that got you in the restaurant with an RFID card and access to pouring anywhere from you know, 20 to 100 different products. And you get charged by the ounce, no different than when you go to your gas pump and you fill up your gas tank. So... Um, that was the kind of, I mean, March, April, 2015 was our launch for our, for our own proprietary product. And, you know, we've doubled in revenue almost every year. Um, and, you know, as of recently, we, we brought on Coca-Cola European partners. Wait a minute, Josh, every- Josh, you get way ahead of yourself. You're, oh, taking, all the, you're taking all the meat and potatoes out of our whole all podcast. Right, all we wanted to know was just a little about yourself. You're okay. going into this and that. Just a little bit about yourself. Are you done talking about yourself? I am, yes. We're hanging out with Jimmy way too much. Way too much, okay? <laughs> now, listen, before we get into a deep dive, and you're already going into the deep dive, let's just talk a little about you, – you told me how you kind of uh, came up with, with the innovative taps. You were 18 or 16 or 12 years old. You're going to drink. No one will give you any because you don't have an ID. And you said this would be great to, to find a way to – if I'm underage, to pour my own beer. I get that. But you started your career – in IT staffing, right? In Baltimore, Actually, right? no. No? I, I gotta, we got to go back a little further. This is this is going to jump all over. Are we going, are we going to high school football now? What are we no, going? no, we're not going to go that far back. Okay. But, you know, I did play college football and, uh, and you know, Shippensburg University, go Raiders. Um, ended up, that's where I met my wife. I was going to say, that, right, that's your, your wife. There's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, a funny little fun fact is I set the school record in solo tackles, which was 211. She set the school record in steals as a basketball player, 211. Crazy. It's like the universe was just meant to to happen. 
I don't know if it's serendipitous or not, because I don't really know what that word means, but it sounds serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's worked out. So it's uh, so that's that's the main thing. But so then I, I sold Cutco knives. I'd never sold anything in my life. Um, and in college, I sold the knives. I sold like twenty thousand dollars worth of Cutco knives going into my senior year of college. Um, decided to go into marketing. Uh, you know, actually sold my way into getting into like four hundred level marketing courses because I went to the dean of the college of business and he said, "You can't do four hundred level marketing classes. You've never taken a marketing class ever." And I was like. I sold twenty thousand dollars at Cutco. I can I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I would and, I would agree. That qualifies you. <laughs> and so so I, I objection cycled him into letting me into two four hundred level marketing courses, which then I went into Cutco management, uh, which that was crazy. Um, it was a great experience, but I was in PG County, Maryland, right next to DC. And kind of a funny side story is uh, what kind of ended my chapter with Cutco was I was in a not so great part of town and some guy came into one of our sales meetings and was trying to steal all of our salespeople to go do prepaid legal. And one of my sales managers was like, Hey, this guy's harassing our team members. And he goes out there and tells them to leave him alone. Well, that guy comes chasing after him with a knife of all things. I was going to say, who would ever <laughs> start with Cutco knife people? You got knives. No, the, the best, the best part is the guy chased him into our sales meeting and you know I'm a big guy, so I grabbed it. I grabbed a chair, and I was like, "If you touch us or come near me, take one more step, I'm going to beat you to death with this chair." And then one of my salespeople says, "Josh, I got your back," and he pulls out his cutco knife. Yeah, yeah, we got the <laughs> knives, man, cutco knives. So that, but that that ultimately uh, that situation diffused. He went upstairs, but then he stole everything out of my place, and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to take the insurance, and I'm going to move on to the next chapter in my life, which was IT staffing." Whew, that's that, was a long way of get, that was a long-winded way of getting to IT staffing. So our production team had it slightly wrong. Our producer <laughs> said IT staffing. They should have said you were selling Cutco knives door to door. Yeah, but Chatsy, you have to remember that last segment was sponsored by Cutco, Cutco knives. Cutco knives. <laughs> the sharpest, most durable knives anywhere. Cutco. Cutco knives. I, I will say it, I uh, I should really only hire Cutco sales reps because man. They're, that like the the training I got as a salesperson was phenomenal. Yeah, but I would mean the insurance is probably high though for all the with all the stabbings that your salespeople do. <laughs> I had a, that was a unique situation. That was that was a very unique situation. But it, it, I value my I, some of the relationships I have from that. I've still they're some of the strongest ones I have. So so yeah, I definitely enjoyed that time in my life. Staffing was great. I got to golf four times a week and take managers out and. You know, um, so that's you know, what staffing. So staffing's all about golf. Aha. Okay, Jimmy, you see that? That sums up my golf game. That's why all the HR people are such yeah, good golfers. I had I'm no not idea. A good golfer. I never got involved there in IT go. staffing. There it is. There's the. Well, you were never involved in IT staffing or sales or, or cut go selling. Go. In the spirit of Mel Brooks, let's move on from Coco. Get off fat. Get off fat. Yeah. Get off. Get off, <laughs> Jimmy. Well, let's go. But now Josh gave us a backstory. Now I can I can leave it to you to dig dig a little deeper, dive into it. All right. Well, I'm going to, you know, for the, for our, our longstanding listeners, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. First, I'm going to make sure everyone understands that this is a very special guest and a very special company. Uh, it's not possible for us to have Mr. Goodman on our show and not uh, mention that Pour My Beer was the very first investment that Branded made and was really the genesis of the launch of our investment platform and Branded Strategic Hospitality. So you never forget your first time. And whether Josh likes that uh, reference or inference uh, or not, Mr. Goodman, Pour My Beer, our very first time. 
Now, I'll never um, forget my very first time with Josh Goodman. There you go. The, the, the direction, you see me smiling right now? <laughs> the direction it was I'm, quick, Michael. It was quick. <laughs> the direction I'm going to pivot is that it is it's not possible to say that this was our very first company and really launched our business without saying Chatsy. I'm, I'm not even going to pass it to Josh. I have no question for Josh. I have a question for my partner, Shatsy. How is it that you came to know Mr. Goodman and pour my beer? That's a great story, Jim. And I got to tell you, it's a great segue into this whole uh, cast with Josh. So as you know, uh, Jimmy, you know, because you're our restaurant partner, we were looking to um, renovate a store on the Upper East Side here in Manhattan. Uh, we had a longstanding store. It was a big daddy's restaurant. We were looking to make a change. And, and pivot to a, a, a Duke's, which is more of our kind of our uh, sports bar, wings and burger kind of concept. As you know, it's been around for, for a long time. And I've been reading a lot about, first of all, wages were coming up through uh, wage increases here in New York. The, the minimum wage was going up. And we started looking at some trades. And a lot of people were talking about, a few companies were talking about this whole self-pouring kind of idea, which I found fascinating. And I thought, wow, if we're going to open up a, a Dukes on the Upper East Side and it's going to be a sports bar and that younger demographic, what better way than to have this self-pouring beer, kind of these beer walls? So I met with, um, I think at the time there were three companies doing this. And I remember it was Pour My Beer, it was Draft Serve, and Josh, what was the other one? There was one other company doing that. I pour it? I pour it, right. And I met all three companies. I reached out to all three companies. And they all got back to me in one shape, you know. And Josh was um, was saying that he was going to be coming to New York any day because I think he was doing an install. He already done an install in Brooklyn, and he just did an install in Manhattan. Just finished it, and he was coming to check up on it. So he's going to be in New York. So I meet Josh, and now when you know when someone comes to meet you and you're doing going to do business with them, it changes to me. It changes everything around. And, you know, we got along real well. We went to the place that we were doing it. And then we drove, I drove Josh down to downtown. It was, um, what was the name of that place, Josh, that they, uh, Paloma Rocket? What, Paloma Rocket, right? Randolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paloma Rocket. Paloma Rocket. And he had a bar and he had all these screens. It was like a whole James Bond theme, which I love James Bond. So it was a really cool place. And we saw the whole thing in action. I was just like, look, this is, this is awesome. He told me why his was better than everyone else's. And it just looked so cool. And uh, we went ahead and, 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 and did the install, as you know, Jimmy. And when we got that done, it was just an awesome – Josh was awesome. He was easy to deal with. He was really hands-on. And from that day on, we became friends. And then I remember saying, are you looking for investors? And uh, he said, yes, but uh, not from you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, yeah, honestly, that's when I called you, Jimmy, and just to talk about it a little bit. But, yeah, it's a great story, and it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, how that all happened. Very fortuitous, very fortunate. And, uh, and Josh, sincerely, actually, that uh, that coming together of you and Shatsy and your product and our restaurant. Was that serendipitous? And our, yes. And our uh, and our launching a really a, our first, you know, I would say uh, tech initiative beyond some of the core POS and whatnot. We'll get into all that stuff. Really, it was the launch of our business. So a, a huge appreciation to you and the entire Porma Beer team. And that's a wrap. No, love the story. Now let's get back to our podcast and specifically back to Mr. Goodman here. I think. You know, we all know the industry today is experiencing a significant issue around staffing. Um, and if you ask any restaurateur, actually, if you ask any uh, any any business right now, um, I believe there is. And I'll, I choose these words carefully, but I go as far as to say is there's a staffing crisis. 
operators are struggling to find workers. And specifically in the hospitality space, large chains have begun you know, to roll out perks, uh, such as paying tuition in order to attract talent. Um, and according to the National Restaurant Association, um, eating and drinking places remain 1.5 million jobs short. So anyway, Josh, can you talk a little bit about how self-pouring technology helps address uh, the issue of staffing? No, that's great. And uh, one quick fact about Michael or Shassi's story, that was Brexit. And I was like, that was with you the day Brexit happened. So you can yes, put that in there. Yes, little... I remember you were speaking with that. I was on CNBC. Yeah. I remember I was yes, on CNBC yes. with Becky Quick. Yes. So anyways, sorry about that. British probably should add that earlier. Going on. Maybe I was using the British accent. <laughs> Jimmy loves when I do my British accent. Hello. Hello. Jimmy loves when I do that. <laughs> Hello. Everyone loves your accent. So. Jimmy, you bring up uh, – it's funny because when I started the company, staffing was not even like remotely on my radar. I was just like, I want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible and without taking seven steps. And just not to reiterate the seven steps, but you walk into a restaurant, you meet the hostess, the hostess finds a place for you, she sits you down. You wait for a server to come and ask for your drink order. They put the drink order in. It goes to the bartender. The bartender makes the drink. The bartender puts the drink on the rail. Server gets the drink on the rail, brings it to your table. That's crazy. So with us, you walk in, you say, here's my credit card. They give you an RFID card or wristband. You're drinking. That's it. You know, so, uh, you know, so it's, like, came, it's like one step. It's one it's step. like a limited six. It's like it's like six minute apps. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just you just <laughs> it went from six steps to one one step. Yeah, exactly. You're saving that extra minute. So um, it, it really it, for me and, and when I, I was naive when I started this whole business, because I just thought, you know, if I just solve that one problem, then boom, I have a you know massively successful business. But you actually have to approach it like a sandwich or like a hamburger. So there's the there's the buns, which is the checking in and the checking out. And then there's the meat, where's the all the transactions in between. We crushed the meat. Like the meat was, we were killing it. You know, um, is Jimmy the meat in this story? Who yes. the buns and who the meat? Jimmy's the yes, meat. Okay. Yeah. You're definitely the buns. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, the the check in process and the check out process was pretty painful. And again, I don't want to jump way ahead in the podcast, but it's all about integrations. It's making that a seamless process. But going back to the staffing concern, absolutely. Like we we've, we've got customers that you know, they become the best, uh, the best trophies or the best kind of soundboards for us because the, one of our customers specifically up in, in Boston, he used to work for Cheesecake Factory, love Cheesecake Factory. I mean, their menu is like a, like a book, but he said to staff at Cheesecake Factory, it took about 100 to 120 people to do five to 6 million. And he said with our technology, a 30 tap self pour and a food hall, they can, they can do the same revenue with about 20% of the staff that you need to run a cheesecake factory, um, which, I mean, from a staffing perspective, it, another one of our customers, District Briards, he actually said this the other day when I was there, he said, you know, it's great. We did 25 grand on Saturday and technology doesn't get tired. Machines don't get tired. Computers don't get tired. So we processed like over 8,000 8, transactions that day through our system and through Toast. And the customer had no, like there was, you know, they had minimal staff. Um, and there was no checkout. They literally just dropped their card in a bucket on the way out the door and everything that the world went beautifully. You know, you know, it's not just I know we're talking labor here and that pour my beer is certainly helping or pour my beverage or innovative taps. It's certainly helping to reduce the labor. But I got to tell you something we found and I think a lot of operators find is that the customer enjoys it better. They enjoy the whole experience 
And, and today going out, it has to be an experience. And I think to your point, sitting down at a table and waiting for someone to come over to, to, to listen to me say, I want a beer and then go to a point of sale, put in the order. Then the bartender pours the beer and then the, puts the beer on the rail. And then the server goes back and get it. it. It's just crazy waste of time and energy. And the server could be doing something far more important. Um, and I think the server, the, the customer, we love it better. I, I get my beer faster and I'm happier. So I can, you know, sit there and yip yap with Jimmy more without having to wait for a beer. So the experience is a better experience. Now, and that's, you know, that's one of our big things is we always say, you know, we don't sell a technology, we sell an experience because it does change the dynamic of, you know, it also takes the bar out of the bar, you know, like you don't need to have a physical, you know, especially in New York where square footage is a premium. Why have, you know, a thousand square feet taken up by just a long bar top when you can add more seats and make it more efficient? It's, it's, a, no, it's a no brainer. So let me ask you this, Josh. So we're talking a little about the, the labor. We, we get that it's definitely it definitely reduced. It reduces the uh, the labor and, and the need for certainly I, I don't necessarily you're going to eliminate a lot of staff out of your restaurant, but it, it certainly helps redeploy and let them take care of more pressing matters. Because I know a lot of people say technology, oh, you, you're trying to get rid of the bartender, you're trying to get rid of all the staff. And I don't I don't subscribe to that. I just say you're taking kind of a, a meaningless task and right. letting technology take care of that meaningless task. And the more important task that can't be done by technology at this particular moment, you're giving that task to, to, the, to the human. So I think it's a redeployment because that's the way I look at we, we In all of our restaurants that had and have uh, the self-pouring technology, we didn't get rid of bartenders. We just let the consumer uh, adjust a little bit and 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 kind of do some of their own things, but they still the staff was super helpful and super engaging. Just being more uh, ambassadors almost, and and I think created a better experience. But let's talk a little bit more about the tech you're providing, and uh, and 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 how you've adjusted your business and your model for for what's currently the operators are doing and what and, and and going forward in the future. So what kind of tech are you seeing is different from like the first when I first got your tech and, and your product to, to today and how is it changing? What, what can you tell us a little about? Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, our secret sauce is our, our experience and knowledge to some degree. Um, you know, I never claimed to be the smartest person in, in any of the classes I was in, but I definitely um, you were taking 400 you were taking 400 marketing classes and you were like a, a, a freshman. No, but, 100 classes. but I never made the same mistakes. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that someone who's been in the game for a while, uh, you've made more mistakes than anybody else. And, and I'm sure you can say that in the restaurant industry as well. What are you talking about me? No, just in general, in general, in oh, general. You said you made more mistakes. <laughs> so, you know, looking at how we constructed our technology, we, I realized that we could not just take an off-the-shelf tablet and say this is going to be the fourth. This is going to be the front of our system because if you use things that are consumer grade, they just they don't they don't last. So the the original screen that we deployed back in 2015, it's all been custom since day one. My partners in Austria have been doing dispense technology for 30 plus years, so they you know they were they knew that this had to be something that was restaurant grade, 24/7 um, use. The screens wouldn't burn out. And, and to that point, we've got systems we installed in 2015 that are still running perfectly fine today. Um, and that I think that's a testament to the amount of energy that we put into the um, we put into the construction of it. Where we're at today, 
Um, we, we've obviously made our screens larger. That was something that we heard very early on. Hey, the screens need to be larger because you, you know, so the, the guests can read it and interact with I it. Lo- I love the new screens. It's all pictures and you got description of all the products. It's awesome. And we, and you know, we call it. And we have scrolled over pages. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, especially when you're doing cocktails on tap, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I know we're the name of our company's innovative tap solutions, pour my beer is doing business as, <clears throat> but we're going to be transitioning more to pour my beverage over, you know, over the next year or two, because our number one selling product across all of our taps was margaritas for the year. So cocktails on tap are absolutely where everything's going. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. Do you have a McAllen? Do you have a, just a keg of McAllen that you can do? Because that's Jim, that Jimmy. Like Mc- yeah, he was just like, if you just do a keg of McAllen and put that in his off- office with a glass of ice. He's can good. we just intravenously feed it to his liver? <laughs> <laughs> do, not, do not get me in trouble with Edrington. Those, uh, I've, I, I, I like my relationship with Edrington. I want to maintain a good, good standing. Um, listen, Josh, you mentioned um, you know, the transitioning to other beverages and even potentially a name change, which I'm excited to uh, talk about uh, you know, and have our listeners learn. But I also want to make sure that as we, as we talk about that, we have to recognize um, that there's a substantial relationship, or I'd say a partnership, uh, that that you formed with Coca-Cola European Partners. Um, That's a little and, company. It's a little company that does know something about beverage, Jimmy. Uh, they, they know a few things about the beverage uh, community. Um, and again, I think it was really interesting when Chats and I learned uh, about how the, you know, the European Parliament uh, had voted to ban single-use su- single plastic items in order to encourage sustainable alternatives. Um, so in, in, the, uh, in the thirst, pun intended, for sustainability and eco-friendly, I, I think PMB, Pour My Beer, is pioneering when it comes to solutions that are actually better for the environment and reduces waste. Can you give us a little more insight on your partnership with Coca-Cola and, and how the rollout in Europe is going? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for the listeners out there, I think it's always interesting to hear kind of the gritty part before the, the, the good part. Um, and so, you know, definitely you you can connect the dots backwards, you know, so like getting, getting in, uh, you know, getting a a deal done with branded and and Shatsy and Jimmy. And I mean, that was, that was great in itself. That, that definitely set us off on a a great trajectory when it came to being able to hire the right people. And we were able to get an office downtown. They told me my, my office in Wheeling was embarrassing. (laughs) So I had to embarrass you guys. It was just four hours outside of Chicago. When you tell people, when you tell people you're in Chicago and Jimmy and I have to take an Uber four hours to Wheeling, (laughs) we're in Chicago. Jimmy, like, where are we having dinner? We're four hours outside of Chicago. I mean, it was 35 (laughs) minutes, 35 minutes. You took, you took the long way, I think, but you know, yes. either way, I, I, I took your I took your uh, counsel and I said, you know, you're right. Let's get a downtown office right at the Merchandise Mart, 1871. And really, that's where things started taking off. And, it, you know, I think you build that great culture with that. But then, you know, the introductions that came as part of being part of the branded you know, family, like uh, Coca-Cola was one of those introductions. And, you know, I'm extremely thankful for that. But as you know, like you can introduce two people at a party and if they don't get along there, that's it, you know, but, um, you know. Who was, isn't going to get along with you? Give me one person who's not going to get along with you. Uh, I, there, there's another company that sells a similar technology to us that uh, they probably don't like me that much, but you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. You, okay. Um, Touche. You got one. Okay. So anyways, uh, but it, it was just crazy how things kind of came together. And, you know, we, we ended up meeting uh, the, the Coca-Cola European Partners team in Austria, where my business partner's based. 
Uh, we hit it off. Um, we talked in depth about well, how- Well, if I remember, Josh, after we made the intro, you happened to have had a trip planned to Europe like like a week later or something. Like You were going to be there. After you met them on the phone, you were going to be there like the next week or something. That goes back to my Cutco's days at Chatsy. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in your neighborhood. I've already got an appointment. Right. Um, you know, like <laughs> I, I got one more opening, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, I'll be there next week, uh, Delta, right. yeah, I, I need a flight to Austria tomorrow. <laughs> you got it, you know, it all, it all, it all plays out. Um, so I was in their neighborhood. We met, we met, we had some Wiener schnitzel and, and it, it was great. Uh, I got to meet uh, Matthias and some of his team yep. and they started doing the due diligence process. And yeah, I mean, we, we almost had a deal right before COVID <laughs> and then, then COVID ha- happened. Um, but thankfully, the company and you know, a testament to who we are as a, in our DNA as a company, we actually grew during COVID. Um, and it, you know, when when CCEP came back online, and we're like, yeah, we can we our f- assets are not frozen anymore. Let's do this. We got the deal done in September, and yeah, some of the projects that we've already started doing are really exciting. But Josh, CCP is more than a partner. I mean, they are like they're not like a strategic partner. I mean, they invested in the company. I mean, they own a piece of uh, yeah. They, yeah. Are, they, I mean, it was a Series A, and they they were the the, the majority uh, stake in that Series A uh, investment. And I mean, again, it's it's just a great alignment, you know, because we wanted to transition into you know, total beverage solutions. They want to invest in companies that can help them solve the, the problem, the pain that comes from not no longer having single use plastic bottles, right. but also the data that comes behind it, the integrations that we've already established with you know a very variety of point of sales companies. Uh, and we're already on a bunch of cruise lines, you know, MSC. And and so there's, there's there was already a lot of traction. So they kind of felt like they were jumping on a train that was already moving pretty fast. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, but I think the sustainability, to Jimmy's point, I think sustainability is a big deal. It's a buzzword we hear all the time. And to to see a company like Coke embracing your company so they can now uh, kind of fulfill the sustainability um, legislation, if you will, that the EU has formed, I think it's brilliant. And Coke will become your biggest customer. No? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I see that as you know, definitely the path. Um, you know, we're talking about how how does the the company look two years from now? Is it a you know are we a European based company? And there's just a whole lot of other things that come with kind of transitioning to to that size. But yeah, I mean we're doing projects with uh, you know right. with, is it true is it parts. true that Jimmy gets a quarter on every Coca Cola install? Is that true? Because I heard that <laughs> or no. I think you said it. I think you said it, and now you hear it. I think oh, you just said it. Now you hear it. I think that's how this goes. I thought I heard I, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did hear it because you said it. I want to stick. I want to stick with Coke for a second, but but less about Coke and more about the transition that uh, Pour My Beer is undertaking. And and we've teased the name change. So PMB Pour My Beer will remain PMB, but now it's Pour My Beverage. The system is liquid or beverage agnostic. And certainly, when you think of uh, alcohol and spirits and beers. Respectfully, Coca-Cola is typically not the first, um, you know, uh, manufacturer that comes to mind. Um, but now, um, with this partnership and given the 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 the, the, the need for self-pour and really this revolution that's under uh, being undertaken, you know, you're going to be expanding from strictly alcoholic to now both alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages. Um, you have some new products. Um, that are kind of coming online and, and leading this initiative. So it goes without saying, without breaking any confidentiality agreements whatsoever, um, we'd love if you can maybe share some news and maybe what's kind of coming down the pipeline. And, and who knows, we might have a breaking news moment on the high. on the Got to have a break news moment. Jimmy, we, we always have breaking news. You know that. We could have one. 
<laughs> so I uh, appreciate that, Jimmy. And, and yeah, I mean, one of the things, like you said, with being beverage agnostic, we, we, you know, we love all beverages, but cocktails on tap, you know, when you, when, and for those of you that aren't familiar with that, you just make batch cocktails instead of making one mojito, mojito, mojito you make a hundred um, and it dispenses out of the tap and they have these little things inside the kegs that can keep them moving. Um, but to your point, we want to continue to go down that path of how can we make the process easier for our customers, our operators, um, you know, and also the guests. And one of the, some, just through some basic market research, we found that there's a labor shortage on bartenders that can't make drinks. So they're literally looking at a sheet on how to make a certain drink. And you got we got to get Jimmy back in the game, man. We got to get Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> Jimmy's a bartender. You can do it on Saturdays and Sundays. Jimmy, we're shorthanded. I, I got time. <laughs> so, so we, we were able to, uh, you know, we did a special project for MSC cruise lines. They, they obviously do a, a fair amount of cocktails on their cruise ships and all the systems that they tried that make automated cocktails, not just like keg cocktails, but you know, could make 500 different cocktails failed miserably because the, 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 the cleaning mechanism just was never uh, sufficient. So my engineering partners in Austria and I, we, we collaborated and made a product, uh, that we're launching here in the next month that can make up to 800 different cocktails um, and it, it can come directly from the phone. So someone could be at a table like VBOT, love my friends at VBOT, and they scan the, the QR code, they place the order, it goes to our, our machine, and then a, a, a drink runner, a food runner just hits the, you know, what's, what needs to be made. They press the button, they fill it up, it gives them a sticker that goes on the glass or the cup, and they run it to that table. Um, if it's four or five drinks for that table, then they can just take all four or five drinks to that table and I'm just really excited about the idea that now, again, we're going to that theme of like, can you cut seven steps out of the process? Can you mm. cut 20 minutes out of the process? And then on top of that, consistency. You know, I won't name the company, but uh, there's a company where you hit golf balls out into a open field. Um, and the, the consistent message I got was that they really get a lot of complaints about watered down drinks. So we're going to be, you know, we're going to be chilling the lines to, uh, of liquor to the tap so that it comes out ice cold, so the drinks aren't going to get watered down. So it's just, it's the consistency, it's the convenience, it's the quickness, like all that comes together for what I think is going to be Efficiencies, it's efficiencies, man. Efficiencies, yep. That's awesome. I mean, listen, I think that is just the coolest thing ever. So that's going to be on the cruises next month? So we've already, you know, they've already ordered a few of them for MSC Cruise Lines, which we've made mm -hmm. them and we're in the yeah. process of delivering. We're getting our first one in the United States to actually put in the market uh, I guess, you know, by the end of July, early August. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to do obviously a, a fair amount of testing on it. We want it to be in a high volume location where we can see, you know, what the impact of labor is. But, you know, friends of mine that are high up with large, uh, you know, uh, restaurant companies have said that is a pro that's a major problem that they just cannot get drinks out fast enough. It is. And even it when is. they do, they don't come out. It, it, even if, you know, like, like Jimmy was a bartender. I was a bartender. I, I jest, but Jimmy really was a bartender. And uh, I got to tell you, like, there's only one bartender. I can put ticket after ticket. You can have, you know, you can order from your phone all day long. There's only one Jimmy back there. Jimmy can only do so much. And if I put another bartender, <laughs> there's only four hands. You can only do so much. So uh, the idea of Jimmy's uh, getting angry. Jimmy's getting, Jimmy's getting angry. <laughs> Jimmy's sweet on you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's really awesome. It's I can't wait to see that. And I'm looking forward to uh, to get some case studies on that. And, and speaking about data and case studies and everything, I mean, you've got such insight into so many of your customers because you see what the valves, what's pouring, you see what's happening. Can you speak a little bit about the data and what you're learning 
from your highest performing, highest grossing customers? I mean, yeah. And what we can do with that. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, you know, I consume a lot of content about, you know, uh, I guess running a business the right way and, and things like that. But one of the things that happened when COVID took place is that I realized we all of our locations shut down over two months, you know, so it was like, what do we do? Are we just going to sit here? And I, I said, I've always wanted to make this unified database where all of our information goes to one portal in the cloud, you know? Um, and so we went all in on that. So I coined the name of the, uh, the, that product, the BKG, like an EKG for your heart, but for your beverages. So an electrocardiograph, but you know, beverage cardiograph. Anyways. I would have come up with something different. I would have named it after Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so we built the foundation for the BKG. And, you know, as of, I guess, just a month ago, we've got more than half of our customers on the platform. And to your point, Shatsy, now we can see this. And, and I've always known that this information was ex exciting and valuable. But what's, what's really interesting is you can see uh, you don't have to ask people, did you like this? Like if you go and try three ounces of something, what are you going to do if you like it? Yeah, I'd say you get more. Yeah, you're going to get more. So if you go back and you have another three ounces or more, guess what we know? We know that Shatsy likes that beer. And we also know that Shatsy's, uh, you know, he's about 43 years old. And <laughs> thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. <laughs> and he's a male. Um, and he lives he lives in he lives in the New York City zip code. So there's really interesting insights that have never been available before that we can grab. Um, you know, that, that's I, I'm sure at some point. Large companies are going to be banging at our door saying, please give us all this information. But right I now, it's just exciting. all companies of all sizes like that information. But it, it is it is exciting because you can see what, what someone's drinking pattern is. You know, or do yep. they, you know, if are they do they go from beer to wine to cocktails? Do they um, if they you know, what cocktails do they like? Um, and it just I feel like mine is just Johnny Walker Black Monday through Sunday. That's my pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really change. But I, I, mean, I get your point. No, but all serious, I get your point. It's 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 uh, that's what I'm, that's what I want to talk about because I think it's incredible. And when when we talk a little bit, you know, together, you and I, like you know, you're like, oh, the, I mean, you should see how much of X Y Z this new product launched from a big brand, and you know, across the country, how much of that product is selling. It's really incredible, and you know that it it's great. I, I love it. I think it's cool. And you know, one of the things I will say is just to kind of cement the rebound that the country's making from a, a, a hospitality perspective is if you took our top 10 customers two years ago, so you know, watch 2020 because it was 2020, 2019, our top customers right now, our average monthly of the top 10. So, you know, just for, for argument's sake, it's 10 locations doing roughly on average about 150 grand a month on average. Two years ago, it was it was almost half. It was about eighty thousand. So you know that, that in itself just validates that the, the concept is really being embraced and executed at a high level. And you know that the in my opinion, it's that combination of food hall, outdoor space, you know, indoor space. Um, it's it's just and it, nothing makes me happier than seeing the concept executed at a high level. I, I love it. I got to tell you something. Um, getting back to just a little bit about. Um, Coke and the EU and your relationship. What exactly is it that you're doing with Coke that will help them solve for this problem? Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because it's an incredible idea. I mean, you're pouring beer. Coca-Cola, to my knowledge, doesn't have any. Maybe they just launched, I think, the first time, like a hard seltzer, I think, with one of their brands. But for the most part, you don't really know Coke as an alcoholic beverage company. I think of them as a, no a largest non-alcoholic beverage company. But Give us a little bit about the Coke and the Pour My Beer and the EU and what exactly are they solving for and how does it work? 
So I mean, everyone's, maybe not everyone, but most people have gone up to a soda machine and put the cup there and either press the button or use a little handle to pour, right? So all we're doing is applying our, our knowledge of self-pour and you know liquid management to those already in place dispense systems that allow people to now pour not, and that's the big difference between the European kind of world and, and the United States. You go to any fast food place in America, you're pouring your own drinks all day long. That's just the way it, you know, most of them are. But I'm um, not paying, but I, but I already bought my cup, so I'm just right, I, just, I you paid can, a flat fee. Exactly, and you can have four, five, six cups of- and don't think I coffee. don't, and don't think I don't. I take some home also. And I don't put ice in it either because I take I get more soda and I put ice when I get home. You got the little camel pack on. My mom told me that, right, Jimmy? No ice in the cup, and we get a lot more product. So I bring two cups home with me. (laughs) You're up there with one of those like those water dispense things that go. I bring that that orange igloo you see in the side of the NFL. I bring that into Burger King with me. Like, what do you mean? This is what I got. This is what I fill up. (laughs) I have Coke for a year. The cost of the cost of Coke syrup is much higher in Europe than it is in the United States. So they're not as lenient when it comes to letting people just get free refills. So they've never really had the serve yourself concept over there when it comes to uh, you know, soda systems. So Why don't we just apply- make the syrup cheaper over there. I mean, that that seems like that yeah, was yeah. the problem. That was a terrible yeah. idea. Jimmy. Terrible idea. <laughs> you got to keep Atlanta strong. You got to keep Atlanta strong. Um, hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. So yeah, they they wanted to apply our technology to their existing infrastructure of dispense systems. So then instead of having to reinstall something all brand new, it's just a little piece that connects to it and manages it. So when you go into like you know. I don't know when this podcast will be airing, but I believe it'll be public knowledge in July anyways. Okay, good. Because this is going out next Tuesday. Sweet. <laughs> when you go to when you go to uh, Asbro Parks in the Canary Islands now, you can go to a self-serve kiosk. You enter the drink package you want. It prints out a little QR code. You slap it on your cup. And now you don't have to ever deal with anybody the rest of the time at the park, at the water park. So it's literally just that's your access to beverages the whole time you're there. And they love it. It's already, you know, just in a few, in less than a week or two of being in the market, it's working great. They're happy. It's integrated with their, their, uh, you know, property management system and their point of sale system. And again, not to reiterate that fact, but that integration is such a key part of the, the whole process. If it doesn't talk to each other, it's, it's not worth implementing. If I have another kid, I think I'm going to name my kid Integration Shatsburg. What do you think, <laughs> Shatsy, we all know you love integration, so uh, I think that is a hell of a bad idea, but okay. Uh, <laughs> wish you and Jillian good luck with that. We'll Listen, call him Inti. We'll call him Inti. <laughs> Listen, Josh, uh, when we started the podcast, uh, the idea is that Shats and I would bring on you know, influential uh, hospitality tech uh, and innovation leaders, and we get to ask them some questions. And then we learned along the way uh, that our guests also had some questions for us. So we launched the segment Talking Back, and it's the opportunity we afford our guests the chance to ask to us to let them ask us anything they want. Nothing's off the table, Mr. Goodman. Microphone's yours. All right. Um, what's the worst business decision you've ever made? <laughs> and how much did it cost you? You know what, Chad? Uh, I don't know if you want to take that. Um, I usually let you go first, and then I then I then I then I provide a better answer. Um, but I'm not sure you want me to uh, you know me to jump in here. You know, what do you want to do? Yeah, why don't you take it first, Jimmy? I want to see how serious All you right. get with this. Sure. 
Uh, no, I'm going to take it seriously. I, and I appreciate the question. It's a great one. I also highlight, you talked earlier in the podcast about, you know, how you learn from your mistakes um, and, the, with the, and with experience. I, I like to say that, you know, education is expensive and knowledge is cumulative. Um, and I think one of the things we've learned along the way, um, it, it really has to do with, with timing. Um, and in the venture investing space, being wrong and being too early is the same thing. Um, and even if you have the desire uh, to see and you can, you can see wh- how something is going to play out, the fact is, um, if, you're, if your timing is off, you're, you're, gonna, you're probably going to fail. And I think about uh, in a, you know, an investment we made, and, and in, 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 in all fairness, we were warned that despite the idea and, and, the, and the importance, the fact is it was early. And, and, and I think we were on a great run and we felt we have the ability to really drive companies and, and help contribute to their success. Um, and this was a situation where despite all best efforts, the operators, and we're a very operator-centric platform, we like to bring solutions that address the most current and immediate and maybe a little anticipatory problems, challenges, and opportunities. And the one we were trying to solve for was just too far down the road. And operators are like, I'm not allocating time to that. Um, so here we were making an investment in, co- in conflict with our very own thesis of bring solutions to operators and the operators are telling us, this is not my problem today. So there's an example of, of a mistake that I think we made. I think I described the mistake. I gave a lot of information without naming names. Thank you. Without naming names. Thank you. <laughs> Chatsy. I would have to, I agree with you, with you on that. And I know what you're talking about. And I would say for us, Jimmy, I would think, and I say us because it was, it was me but you were certainly a part of it. And it was signing a lease. And there was a time in New York, there was an exuberance of of making deals on the real estate side. And we signed a lease. And and I don't think we really thought through the magnitude of the amount of the monthly lease. And when you kind of related how much business you had to do to support the lease, I think like, oh, come on, the economy is incredible. Of course we'll do enough business. Why wouldn't we do enough business? And I think in hindsight, there was no effing way we were ever going to do enough business to support that lease. But we were excited. It was a big time. We were doing well. Things were going well. And I think in hindsight, you got to just I, I would never have done that particular location with that particular amount of money. And that would be the, the my, my worst. But other than that, I mean, I got to be honest with you, I've made some bad decisions, but I've, I've always felt like I've learned from them. And I think that's the important thing. No, no one got hurt. Nobody died. You know, maybe a couple couple shekels lighter in the old wallet. <laughs> but we can we can get past that. Um, I got a fun one. I got a fun one then. Here, can I give you a fun question? Sure. Were you done? Yes, I don't know. No, but yes, I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't talking back three questions. It was talking about one question. Josh, get yeah. two. All right, I get far. two. I get two. This one's fun. So you get you're you're getting you're renewing your vows. You both have lovely brides. I've met them both. Um, you're renewing your vows. You can have anybody from any point in time be the wedding singer or wedding group, like that's going to entertain for the evening. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Who's going to Who's going to entertain your wedding? Oh, I mean, I, I don't. For me, I would quickly just. I, I mean, do I get just one? 
I mean, it could be the Rat Pack, it could be the Beatles, it could be the Rolling Stones. I was, was I mean, going to say, like, to me, like, if I had the Stones at my wedding, I'd be, like, the sickest thing ever, you know? I mean, who wouldn't want the Stones? The Grateful I'll, Dead? I'll, I'll, I'm going differently, but I respect I respect what you just said, Chazzy, for me, uh, not just because you said the uh, the word. Well, I know, you're going singer. Barry Manilow. I know no, where you're going. You're going Barry no, Manilow. He no. wants to do a whole Mandy thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I know, if Jimmy. I, if, I could get, if I could get Bill Murray to do the vows, and I could get Adam Sandler to sing at the wedding. I yes, I said Adam Sandler. My wife gets such a big kick out of those two celebrities, Bill Murray for anything he does, and Adam Sandler everything he does, including what he sings. I would be I my, the rest of my life would be even happier than it is right now. Can I change Those my answer? Jimmy always gets the best answers. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> You're out. You got yeah, the I'm going Bill Murray. I'm going Bill Murray and Adam Sandler is the wedding singer. How's that? How's that? Originality. All right. Jazzy, take us well, into the text stack. No, that's a great question. I appreciate that. We may even steal that question from you. Uh, top of the tech stack, uh, Josh, uh, if you can give it, I mean, listen, you're dealing with restaurant uh, operators, hotel operators, just travel, leisure. You're dealing with them all. Uh, if you could give any operator any kind of um, suggestion right now, recommendation right now of everything about you're seeing in technology, and you're seeing it all because you're working with everybody. You're working all sides. What would be, if you had to give a recommend, what would be the top top recommendation on the tech stack? Not necessarily the company, but just the idea. What, what should a company right now be thinking like I got to add this kind of solution. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, getting to work with businesses at every stage, like we do and in different kind of types of businesses, ones that are high volume, ones that are just struggling for volume. You know, I'm going to give this answer to the people that are actually getting feet and butts in the door um, because that's a whole nother conversation to get, get people in the door. Um, I, I would say from a technology perspective, it's, it's, it's a giving people the option to not have to deal with people, you know? Um, so whether that's, yeah, I don't like people. I never have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whether that's, you know, being able to order, making it seamless, like, you know, I hate to throw people on the, you know, or I'm not going to, I don't even know the name of the company that did it, but I was, I was actually down in universal studios last year during COVID and they had ordering at the table and it was awful. It was absolutely atrocious. You had to like put in your number and everything. And I I'm, I'm texting Steve from Bebot. I'm like, dude, this is awful. Like you need to call them and tell them how awful their system is and to implement your system. But I, you know, I, I think you, you remember this, but I was at Duke's and I tried out the ordering at the table, uh, you know, concept with Bebot and it, it was awesome. I literally hit the button and the drink and the app was there within like two or three minutes. And so, you know, I, I think you have to give that as an option to get what they want as quickly as they want if they don't want to open a menu and wait for things to come to them. You know, I think that's the second time you brought up Bebot. What's going on with you and Steve at Bebot? Is there something that you want to tell me and Jimmy? I, I'm just a big fan of how they've, they've, they've made the process really simple and easy. Yeah, like, I don't know. Does Steve know you're married? <laughs> His hair's getting long now. I might have to, you know. Oh, he's a, he looks so good right now. Man. Forget about it. Um, well, I, was, I, I wasn't married. I there's was that. Married. And then, you know, I, I do think that if you're not getting feedback from people and making it easy to get feedback uh, and then mm. not just get it, but actually like make a change and uh, improve. I love Josh giving uh, all of the branding companies plugs. That sounds like Bebot Innovation. <laughs> well awesome that was the idea the idea was to lure you in so you would say that perfect job well, well done gentlemen just well coming done. from the heart I, straight from the heart i love it moving into our crystal ball moment it's the time where we ask our guest josh to put on their Creskin or miss cleo hat and you get to predict the future how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology 
So, you know, I knew this question was coming, so I wanted to kind of prepare it. But I, I feel like that the more restaurants can adopt the Uber mentality where it's cashless, touchless, like it's just you, you, you get the experience without having to go through the pain. And I think that that's uh, that's something that we're all trying to achieve. And, and right now that's done through a lot of little kind of connections of the different systems. But I, I believe that that is that's going to be a more uh, real situation in two years where you can you know potentially you know place your order before you even walk in the door. Um, it's you know you have you have a table number that you're already going to go to. You're going to sit down there. It's the the food can be there. Like and then also getting full clarity as to what's happening. Um, you know, hey, your meal's coming out in five minutes. It's coming out in four minutes. It's coming out in three minutes. You know, the information will be there for them to 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 have access to it. Um, similar to like when you order a Domino's pizza or whatever, you know at what stage it's in the process. You know, or Uber Eats, you know that you know. Mike is five minutes away with your your food or whatever. So I think that there's just going to be more access to that knowledge, um, you know, through a variety of different systems working together, not necessarily one system. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more, uh, you know, maybe not in, in New York City too, but there's going to be a lot more spaces where it's it's indoor outdoor. You know, like District Brew Yards here in Chicago, they were um, they were all indoor when COVID happened. The, their neighbors w- were a trampoline park, which as you can imagine, went out of business. So they got the whole parking lot and turned it into an outdoor beer garden. And they've done more revenue than they've ever done in their history because now they have an outdoor beer garden, um, which they didn't have before. It's funny. I see a couple of places <laughs> that there's a pizza place out in the, out in the Hamptons that like, you know, it was like the parking lot was like you'd pull in to just run in to grab your pie when it was a pickup and takeout. They transform that whole area to like literally outdoor dining with trees and and, you know, the hot the heaters and it will never come back. And he's added. I mean, let's say the restaurant had 120 rooms inside. He's got like 150 seats outside. It will never that will always be there for the rest of, you know, is he's there. And he just added 100 and people love sitting outside. You're like the parking lot. Ah, he created it's not really a parking lot. Put flowers and palm trees. Right. It's just so I think. To your point, a lot of innovation has come out over the last couple of months by a lot of really creative operators. And I think there's some really great stuff we've seen. So um, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that's the kind of stuff we're going to see. I'm going to jump into um, the branded quickfire, Josh. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. It's the best segment of the entire podcast. Everybody knows it. Always, always. Well, it's my segment. It's Shatsy's branded quickfire. Um, who's your favorite all-time football player? Don't say Ooh. Jimmy. Oh man, um, God, that's a tough one, dude. You just you might have stopped me because I, I got to go with Brett Favre. Okay, Brett Favre. Um, that's okay. That's a know. damn good one. Why? It's what? Is that such a bad one? You can't go wrong with that. Well, yeah. So. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Tonight, tonight's. Oh, I'm getting it at Wrigley Field, baby. Going to. A oh, yeah. oh, okay, fantastic. Wrigley Field, great. What's your favorite food city in the world? Favorite food city. Um, I think it's more because of the memories, but I would say Barcelona. Mm, interesting. To- Barcelona. When travel resumes to complete normalcy, and boy, we're getting there fast, where's the first place you want to go? For business, Austria and Spain. For pleasure, the Maldives. The Maldives. Jimmy, that's exotic. It's <laughs> really exotic. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to good old-fashioned thumb war, who would you have the better odds of beating? I mean, talk about a stacked question. 
Maybe it's the I mean, Jimmy's, Jimmy's clearly the uh, the better athlete and the, has the most muscle, so I'm going to have to go after Shatsy. Sorry. No, I'll be, I mean, look, these guys play football. They're like, one's a linebacker. One's like, I don't even know what they are. I mean, I'm a skinny little short Jewish guy. You're like, come on. Who's coming up with these questions, guys? Throw me a bone. Give me something else. I appreciate it. I submit that one. I submit it. I submit the question. Hands are ginormous. <laughs> Listen, Josh, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast and for sharing your great insights. We really appreciate you and the entire team at Pour My Beer, uh, soon to be Pour My Beverage. Uh, and when do we have another do? party with throwing some axes or something? When are we doing that again? Uh, we'll get back out to Chicago. I'm coming east, baby. I'm moving literally this week. There we go. Coming east. Um, no, we really appreciate what you're doing. And, and we think you, you are leading this self-poor revolution. And we're going to get to the point where you walk into establishments and you see systems uh, such as uh, Innovative Tap. And, you, and it's just common. Like you'll you'll know that they're there. Uh, arena stadiums, et cetera. Uh, it's all common. If you want to get in touch with Josh directly, you can email the branded team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. That's podcast at brandedstrategic.com. And we'd be happy to connect you with Josh. If you're a, a hospitality venue owner and operator, uh, we really encourage you to take a look at the self-pouring uh, system uh, that, that he is leading um, and just how much it could do for your business. To our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. Uh, and the fact that you choose to None continue- None as fun as this one, though, Jim. Well, this is fun. Yep. And the fact you continue to choose to listen to the hospitality hangout is something we don't take for granted and we appreciate. Please join us next time as we're going to welcome our, our friend, uh, Brandon Barton, CEO of Byte. Uh, that should be a great podcast as well. That's a good one. And, and finally, a lot of stuff with kiosks. A lot of stuff with kiosks. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on exciting guests we'll be having out in the, having in the future. And better yet, invite a friend uh, to join us uh, the next what's time. Josh? Josh said he's giving away something too. Yes, Josh. Don't look surprised, Josh. <laughs> Anybody on the podcast right now who wants to email us at podcast at brandstrategic.com, the first 100 listeners, podcast at brandstrategic.com, Josh will install a self-pouring beverage system in your home or office at his cost. That's right, his cost. You will, All you will have to do is supply the beverage. So it'll be – Josh, is that a two-tap system, a five-tap – I forgot what you said. Ten-tap? Hey, two-tap two system. Plead the fifth. It's a two-tap system in your office or home, fellas, man caves. I've seen it. It's awesome. So uh, email us immediately, podcast at brandstreet.com, and get yourself a two-system, two screens. That's two screens. Uh, self-pouring beverage system. Shout, thank you, Josh. Shout out to our listeners. Thank you tremendously. As I was saying, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any exciting guests coming up. And better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, this is Jimmy Frisch, your finance guy, signing off and passing it to my boy Shatsy. Uh, this is Shatsy, a.k.a. the restaurant guy from the Hospitality Hangout. Thank you, Josh Goodman, Innovative Taps fantastic cheers everybody thank you cheers guys thanks josh thanks everyone